Good evening, everybody. Welcome back to Inside the Fight with your host, Mr. Roach. And it has been too long, everyone. I know I haven't kept up to my word doing shows Monday, Wednesday, Friday. I've been caught up with uh, so much stuff. But I'm going to make it up to y'all right now with not a fight, but... We're really going to switch it up tonight and listen to a documentary about the super fight between two heavy hitters in the super middleweight division. One who, both of them former world middleweight champions, WBO and WBC. But this time it's for the WBC super middleweight championship. The title is being held by... The great Nigel Ben. Shout out to Nigel Ben today because it is, well, a couple of days ago it was his birthday. So we're giving him a shout out today. Shout out to the great Dark Destroyer, Nigel Ben. And honestly, the G Man, I feel like his potential was to cut too short. But tonight we're going to present to you guys with. A documentary of their fight. It's called The Fight of Their Lives. It's from 2011. And we're going to listen in right now. Who am I to judge another man? Because I have to judge myself. Not a good boxer. Without a doubt, he can't box. Most violent man that ever put on a pair of gloves. How does a man who almost kills another man sleep at night? When you're a winner, everybody's on the bandwagon. When you're a loser, people fly away like rats. You left by yourself. Boxing is artistic and beautiful and violent and disastrous at the same time. He'll be warned. He's in trouble. He's through the rope. It was the performance of his life. Back comes Nigel Benn out of nowhere. What? It's been hidden. Two. That was one of the classics. Finish. Do you want the story, man, or you don't? This was one great fight. This isn't a fight, it's a Hollywood script. It fulfilled the prophecy. So very sorry, but you know, brother can you admit. Guilt is guilt. The truth is a truth, and a lie will live on forever. What? This man almost took my life. Prior to the fight, 
Everybody expected him to win the fight. Ah, that's a big, big heart. 
You're going to fit Mini Mike Tyson on you. You said it to the wrong person. I thrive on fear. And I thrive on challenges. A former soldier with a taste for the playboy life. Oh, no, <laughs> yeah. Nigel Benn embraced every career opportunity. Spell it out. E-U-B-A-N-K. Is that, is that the right how you spell it? You've got to be very, very hard to beat that error. He was the most wicked, amazing time in boxing. The best time that I think boxing was cooking. And nobody was more popular. Have a nice. Be there. Or at times less predictable. Oh, he's gone! Than the dark destroyer. Well, he wasn't a boxer. That's the first distinction. He was a fighter. I mean, he couldn't jump great. His feet were wrong, but heart determination, you couldn't fall that. And punch. But I felt it a few times. It did hurt. In 1995, Ben was world super middleweight champion, but still seeking critical acclaim. Most had warned the 31-year-old to go nowhere near Gerald McClellan. So when we see the fight after the break, what can we expect? Uh, first round knockout. Nigel Benn was defending his world super middleweight title. The overwhelming favourite was American Gerald McClellan. The most violent man that ever put on a pair of gloves. I said that I want to kneel in prayer, and Gerald said, all of a sudden you want to get...
money for him. Anything he's got, I will match. I don't plan on being in the ring that long. We knew we had two of the most exciting fighters on the planet. So funny, I actually looked at Joe McClendon and I looked at him and I thought, oh, he ain't big. Well, looking for him straight away, right? Right from Norton and Bell is looking for the finisher. He wasn't really big, he was just a really slim looking guy. I remember Gerald drilling Nigel Ben into the rope, he was right there in my corner. I remember him hitting me and I felt my ligaments in my neck just stretched and went out. Ben. 
well and he looked as though he was one punch away from victory and, and uh, he was trying to get that punch on and yeah the referee certainly broke his rhythm uh, more than once Les Américains ce qu'ils reprochaient c'est qu'ils voulaient qu'il soit à côté et dès que je dis boxe qu'ils lui mettent un coup c'est pas dans les règlements Again the referee steps in What do you think he's doing an amateur fight le président mexicain qui a demandé à l'Europe quel est votre meilleur arbitre européen. On a dit Alfred Hazard. Alors, euh... Alfred Hazard a read every report and kept every account from that night. Pride of place goes to a letter from the French Boxing Federation. Cher Alfred, vous n'avez absolument rien à vous reprocher. Allez, courage et confiance. A bientôt, amitié. Bernard Restou, président de la Fédération Française. Ce n'est pas de responsabilité. C'est la boxe. Si vraiment j'avais une part de responsabilité dans ça, j'aurais arrêté. J'aurais arrêté l'arbitrage depuis longtemps. How does a man who almost kills another man sleep at night? For 12 years after the fight, there was a lingering animosity. At that time, there was so much resentment, hatred, or whatever. And then I read an article in a paper that said, we wanted Ben dead, now we want his money. So this is what I was left with. All you lot were cheering him up, giving it this, giving it that. I was just on a high. I knew he wouldn't be able to go the distance. At that time, I wasn't really thinking about Gerald. Yeah. Right away, everything negative took control and we were already devastated by what happened Ladies and gentlemen, the to a hospital no, the full extent of McClellan's injury was still unclear hours after the fight no, no, no. Back, no, I, no, Nigel, how are you? I feel very well how do you feel about McClellan? how do you feel? I feel very sorry but you know rather him than me better him than me
Taz was there. Don King jumping up and down. Bruno was going up and down. He had this red suit on. It looked ridiculous. That suit. Half Tesco man, Prime. No chance. <laughs> Such a contrast to your corner to what many felt was wrong with his corner. to me that 
that maybe he wasn't getting the proper amount of oxygen. If someone had the knowledge of a coach, he should have picked up on that. You didn't know what you were doing. And I'm there. I'm supposed to be the tick paddy watching all what's happening. And I'm thinking to myself, I can't, this is organized chaos. winner and we all want winners but there comes a time in a fight when you look at a gang and you know it's time to stop it's a really 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 important job some say that gerald should have been pulled out of that fight much earlier why would he be pulled out of the fight that early he was never in trouble he was never knocked down he was never hurt sans quoi qu'est-ce qu'il fait il jette l'éponge il l'a pas fait les seuls pour l'instant les responsables de ce drame c'est son entourage. Wrong fucking answer. I'll tell you this, Mr. Referee. My job is to promote a fighter to get up off the stool to go wreak havoc on the son of a bitch in the other corner. That's my job. Your fucking job is to stop fighting. Not mine. Stan Johnson says he's seen Gerald just three times since the night of the fight. I had to go to psychiatry a few times just to get myself together with this shit, you know what I'm saying? The last time they spoke, Stan says Gerald called him the best coach in the world. Still got the hat? Yeah. It's like a trademark. It's like Don King, you know what I'm saying? Gerald knocked it off, didn't he, during training? Yeah, he was not going to training. Yeah, he sure was. Yes, he was. Yeah, he was. Broke my teeth going training, too. But he paid for it. And some people say he did it on purpose. Gerald would be that kind of person. What are your strengths, do you think? Boxing, punching, I can do it all. Are there any weaknesses there? No, just me. Mean, cocky, arrogant. He always had, like, that tough guy image. You can see that his mind was very unpredictable. He would just snap sometimes, and you can see that. The fighters I have trained, he probably had the biggest mean streak of all of them. If confrontation came naturally, one companion never had to earn the G-Man's respect. I have uh, pit bulls because pit bulls only dog that remind me of myself, you know, just real aggressive. Don't take none off nobody and just straight to the point. It's a real aggressive dog. But Gerald McClellan's passion stretched into much darker territory. For much of his career, unknown to the boxing authorities, he was actively involved in dogfighting. He used to go to these street fights in Detroit and Chicago and wherever, you know, and they bet loads of money on these dogs. That would fight to the death? Yeah, because they bred to fight and to kill, basically. And I think he fed off that. I think he got a certain satisfaction out of it. 
jump out the Labrador. Take the Labrador's mouth with duct tape and let his dog Zeus kill the dog. And I said, why would you take a dog like a Labrador, which can't even fight? Labrador's a kid dog. Tape his mouth where he don't got no chance at all. Cheryl's answer back to me was this. Same way in boxing. All I need to do is taste some blood once in a while. And that's all my dog needs to do. He needs to kill something once in a while. I always felt that it was something in his childhood that was the cause of his mean streak that he would have. The viciousness. Yep. Animal rights groups protest at fundraising events in Gerald's honor. The McClellan family have consistently refuted the dogfighting allegations. Gerald's coach, for most of his professional life, was not in his corner. 
General McClellan and I had separated because he had been convinced that he could survive without having a manager. I don't want to go into that. I mean, it's, it's a phase of my life to Nancy. It fucked me, left me, but I've, I've did a lot. Because there's not too many good things I have about. At this point, Manny Stewart threatened to stop the interview. But he went totally crazy. Yeah, I need you, G-Man. Like, um, 
going to the brink, aren't you? Yes, that's it. Nigel Benn would develop a taste for that. You're about a long way, you know. Yeah, I should be fucked around here, should I? Nigel was a very angry young man. It looked like he was annoyed with people all the time. You're talking about something crazy, you know, back in the day. Absolutely anything what I want, I could have done. It's a lifestyle that worldly men think, wow, you're in that whirlwind. Outside the ring, Nigel Benn referred to himself as Satan's right-hand man. His autobiography vividly documented the wild lifestyle. He just wasn't leading a good life. He was giving people close to him a lot of grief. Didn't feel good about himself at all. No. Don't tell me what to do. I won't take that enough. If you want to do, just do this. Okay. All I wanted someone to do was grab me and say, you're going to be all right. But you attempted suicide. A lot of things people don't understand. I struggled. I struggled. Sitting in my car. Because I had an affair. Put a hose in my car. Crying my eyes out. Don't want to die. But I can't take no more. Nigel and Caroline are going to come and share a little bit of their amazing testimony of God turning lives around. The life that I had in boxing was death. Eight years after he attempted suicide, Ben and his wife Caroline became born-again Christians. God, why? Trains eight weeks, taking 180 minutes a day, and then I'm still finished fighting. I go out partying really hard, looking for drugs. All of my career, I was addicted to drugs. Addicted to drugs. And I've really been born again, truly. Two years, two years. So we just thank God for what he has done. can play funny games on you. You can sit down and you start thinking about what's happened and what you've gone through and everything else and you can start feeling remorseful for what's happened. Somewhere along the line you know it's going to catch up with you. In February 2007 Nigel Benn returned to London for his first meeting with Gerald McClellan since the fight. Benn had organised a fundraising dinner for his former opponent. Despite 12 years of animosity, Lisa McClellan was persuaded to make the trip with Gerald. I know there's a lot of resentment, hatred, whatever you want to call it, and I just thought that I have to ask him for forgiveness. That's why I just feel in my heart. I feel that in my heart.
Sorry everybody, I just lost the audio of the documentary. I'm trying to get it back. Please be patient. In February 2007, Nigel Benn returned to London for his first meeting with Gerald McClellan since the fight. Ben had organized a fundraising dinner for his former opponent. Despite 12 years of animosity, Lisa McClellan was persuaded to make the trip with Gerald. When I lived alone with him and hatred, whatever you want to call it, and I just saw that I have nothing to forgive this. That's why I just feel in my heart. I feel that in my heart. Oh, hold on. It's a whole family that's been affected, that they want to be affected. Gerald said we both got in the ring to risk our lives for other people's entertainment. Just skip five, please, Thank you. Thank you. And he said it's something because we're both still here. Mayfair's Grosvenor House Hotel was a sellout. Black? And white, pimp stripe, tuxedo. Fundraiser, baby. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you're looking fine, too. Huh? Yeah, you're fine. Huh? You fast handsome. You made my night. You made my night. I love you. I love you. Anabolic steroids while I've been boxing. 
seems like a macho game. If you're knocked out cold by a, a big punch, then fine. People like to hit that. But if you quit, just because it's becoming a little bit too tough, then uh, people tend to look down on that. Ted Brown. Early in the 10th, punches were exchanged. And McClellan put his hand up to his left arm, as if there was a cut, but there wasn't. And then he went down. seconds of round 10, it was all over. Là, je compte non pas 8, 9, 10, finish. say that he quit. That's shocking. It always makes me want to cry, that. Honestly. I can't regret what I've said because you're dealing with split seconds. You're dealing with the atmosphere, the excitement. A fight that you want your homeboy to win, it looks like he's losing and he turns it all around and wins the fight. And the next words I had in his mouth was, Johnny, get the stool. Johnny, get the stool. And before Johnny could get the stool, Gerald sit on the apron of the rope. And I squirted water on the top of his head, and he looked up at me and said, Man, that water you squirted on my head feel like that shit running inside of my head.
this interview because we have a serious problem in the ring with Gerald McClellan. They got a neck brace on them, they got oxygen on them. What could be wrong? They got everything on him. I don't know what happened to Gerald, but he quit on his knee. Okay, there were three board doctors. All of them had to have an aesthetic experience. I was satisfied that that injured boxer had had the best possible care from us. Two ambulances were on standby at ringside. Both would be required. As he made his way to the dressing room, Nigel Bent collapsed. Get to the side because it's ambulance access. Tonight, McClellan remains unconscious in hospital on a diet of painkillers and good wishes. Mr. Ben has been checked over thoroughly and discharged and appears to be well. I'm always worried about anyone that gets injured. We want to find out what the injury, injury is. The most important thing is the man's health. The brain is quite swollen. That's how we would expect a brain to look really after it's been punched for 11 rounds. You guys wait. You guys have to wait. All right? Too many you wait for now. There's too many people that Had he continued to fight, you know, it may have been fatal with this blood clot in his brain. But that's God. When God steps into the plan, he'll make a way when there is no way. It's a small clot, but it will end his fighting career, and it will kill him if it's not taken out. So I'm very prayerful and hopeful and cautiously optimistic that Gerald will be all right. If you'll excuse me. Thanks very much. Good luck, guys. after the fight, Gerald McClellan returned to the United States. Yes. Yes. A couple weeks. Co-promoter Frank Warren has said the McClellan family brought Gerald home against the wishes of Surgeon John Sutcliffe. Do you have your concerns that Gerald McClellan was taken home too soon? I suppose the answer must be yes because the outcome wasn't good. I disagree. There was no reason why, medically, he had to stay in England. Every single thing that he was given in the hospital, he was given on the flight over. I'm behind you, girl. Stand up straight, yes. Right here. Yeah. 
Come on, stand up straight. He received insurance payments, and Gerald McClellan's earnings were soon eaten up. I'm right behind you, Gerald. In that chair. Twenty years ago, he spent his first major paycheck on the house where he still lives today. Whatever he so chooses to do, he can rest assured that I'll be by his side to try to help him to do that. Yeah. Don King paid McClellan two hundred and fifty thousand dollars for the fight and training costs. Saturday. In addition. He and co-promoter Frank Warren estimate they paid the McClellan family more than half a million dollars they were not contractually obliged to for medical, travel, and other expenses. Gerald McClellan's defeat did not damage Don King's influence in the super middleweight division. King had already signed a deal to co-promote. Now you might start believing in the Dark Destroyer. Nigel Ben. Made a believer out of me. Nigel Ben proved to the world today he got a lot of hearts, a lot of Keonis. He fought his behind off. Well, Don King had done a deal with Nigel Ben. Don King walks in with a champion, walks out with a champion. Let's unify another WBA title, and then you got two, and Roy has one. And then we go for Roy. Only in America. Absolutely. Great, great fight, man. It feels like yesterday that I was showing that donkey. They only brought them over here to bash me up, mate. I'll never forget that. And he didn't say, You made a believer out of me. You made a believer out of me. Nigel Ben made Mallorca his home after boxing. Ben's career concluded with five lucrative fights, enabling his family to have the lifestyle he promised. This guy can run for the head of government now. That was his defining fight, and it's a fight we should be celebrating and talking about from now until eternity, but uh, unfortunately, we don't want to. It's been hidden. There's a great sport and achievement. I think it beats any British fighters. However, Nigel Benn's defining victory has been called into question. In 2010, Gerald McClellan's coach claimed to have evidence that Ben had used performance-enhancing drugs. Do you want the story, man, or you don't? Ben vehemently denies the allegations. He said, we found blood on McClellan's boo that had a... Uh, um, Steroids in it. And my heart, it started pounding. Where that fear come from? I'm, I'm not doing no drugs. I've never done drugs. And, and while well, I'm trying, if you say recreational drug, I'll say, hey, I put my hand up. If you say, I have a split. Or if you say, I've had ecstasy, I put my hands up. Hey, I'm not, I'm not going to try and cover anything up. Oh, yeah! I couldn't do that. I couldn't go in a go in a ring and, and um, knowing that I've taken steroids because then I know I would have been a cheat. I've been a cheat. I'm a wife. I've been a liar. I've been a thief. I've been everything, but I've never ever taken any anabolic steroids while I've been boxing. 
Did Nigel Benn cheat for that fight? Absolutely. He was juicy as a I promise you. Because the blood in the shoe is Nigel Benn's blood because the girl didn't drop a drop. Nowhere. Never. Nigel Benn bled from the eye and the nose. Punch me, put it on him. You was juiced on something, buddy. I don't know why anyone would say anything like that. Obviously, Taylor McLeod was taken straight to hospital and been drum tested, but Nigel Benn would have been. In fact, Benn did not take a drug test following his collapse on the way to the dressing room. Fainted on the way out of the ring. Exhaustion. What do you think? What do you, what do you think? It would have been. Ex, it would have been exhaustion. Nothing else but that. But that. There is no evidence that Ben's collapse was caused by anything other than exhaustion. It's not clear why Johnson waited 15 years to make the allegations, or whether the boot is in any condition to be tested. What would you say to those who said Nigel might have dodged that drug test? Come on, Nigel. To try and dodge a drug test is just not who I am. Layla. I want to talk about it because I think it would ruin who, who I am as a sportsman. If you know that I took uh, um, anabolic steroids and brought them into the ring. Come on, Layla. I can look you in the eye and say, look, steroids never in my body when I fought Jerry McLennan. It's just not who I am. Almost my birthday. July what? July what? Filming was almost finished in Freeport, but yep. Lisa McClellan had yep. one final issue to confront. When I got a problem, I address the problem. I don't want to cover it up. I want to deal with it, get it over with. But this is something that I've never wanted to do. Ah, I have never witnessed any of the dog fights, but I will say yes, they happened. We've gotten death threats saying he should have died, the way he tormented the animals. I'm sorry to leave it off on a horrible note, but we are running out of time, but... Here's the big difference with Inside the Fight. We're going to start doing documentaries as well now. But tune in next time for more. Have a good night.